0: All right, so um, so just to get started, I know this is actually your devotional for later in the week, um, but just because of how this week has worked out and the, the people that we have sharing um, and coming to speak in Staff Chapel this week, we have had to shift things around, so I'm going first, but my, this, the, the devo that this goes with is actually a little later in the week, but it kind of flows into this whole theme that we have for this week. Um, so what did you all talk about in your devos? Today. What was it that kind of stood out to you from this morning, Lucas? What exactly it means that creation in the image of God. Yeah. Did you get an answer for that? Uh, an answer would be like we create in the image of God means like we are one with his creation, and so we can be just as creative, if not a little less creative than God is. Yeah, all right, that's one. How about any, anybody else? Anything more? Yeah? Submitting. Submitting to God and kind of like the ways that he has created you and, and for the purposes that he's created you. That kind of idea. Anybody else? You're all good. Um, so this week we are talking quite a bit more of that whole theme of like how does responding change my identity. And uh, identity is a big topic that we always talk about and it, it is very broad and there's a lot of different things that go into it. But as we get started to talking about it this week there is there are changes there. there is a different way that we look at it as Christians because of the way that God has created us and because we follow him because we've responded to him and that we trust what he says about us. And it's very easy to hear people around us say stuff like I need to find out what my identity is or I need to find myself and that's a big pursuit in our lives to find out who we are or what we need to be doing. And our purpose and our identity can be wrapped up in a lot of different ways. And people find identity in a lot of of different places. It could be their work, their appearance, their sexuality, and what they have, and what they've achieved, and what people think of them. And frequently, this desire to to figure out that identity or to figure out that purpose is what motivates and drives a lot of us to to do stuff and to um, do things in this world. Uh, so that, that thing, that whatever it might be that you desire to be your identity or be your purpose in this world, you start to work towards the actions in that. So your actions build up into what you desire out of that. And that living for something and that what we desire was this morning's devotional. kind of started out that question as well, as like who or what are we living for? And it kind of got to that point, as a lot of you have already said, is we've been created with the purpose to follow God And obey what he has called us to do and so part of that response so briefly mentioned is to trust what god says about us and that kind of that frees us from this grind or the anxiety or the burden to try and figure out our own identity or our own purpose for ourselves because it is such a big thing and such a difficult thing to work through because it's so broad and because what god calls us to do that loving God and loving neighbors is lived out in a lot of different ways. It looks a little bit different for each and every one of us. So the way that I've learned to love God and to love others has the same basic principles functioning behind all of them. So for all of us, that's the same kind of underlying principle for everything that we do as we grow as Christians. But it's fulfilled in different environments based on the, gods that, on the gifts that God has given me and the places to where he has called me. So it looks a little bit different. So it's the same in principle, but it looks different. Um, and kind of like the picture. Um, tell me where this picture is from. Anybody know? Science Science, science. 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 OK. Uh, that is true. That's where it's originally from. Yeah. Yeah, so it started off, the original thing about this is from Isaac Newton, which is science. You all got it right. But it's more well known for like the band Pink Floyd, which I've never heard any of their stuff. Or maybe I have, but I just don't listen to much music. But what I want you guys just to think about with this is that this principle, this, this, the, the thing that God has put on our hearts and in our lives because we are Christians, of loving God and loving others and worshiping Him and submitting to Him as our Lord and trusting what He says and in the walk that we will follow Him constantly is kind of like this light that points into our lives. The way that's lived out and in different areas, I hope this works out well, is reflected differently out. So that principle stays the same, but the areas in which that happens in our lives, or the places where that happens, or, you know, that depends on if you're a pastor doing it, if you're a mechanic and doing it, if you work in Tim Hortons, and you're loving God and loving others, what happens is it looks different, okay? And that's why not all of our jobs look the same as Christians. (laughs) Kind of a... I hope that helps to explain things. I stumbled upon this today, and I, I really hope it helps. But, but it means to actually live this in a way that, that is fulfilling, that loving God and loving others. It means we're actually walking and following God in trust, and not just following this to-do list to do our devos in the morning, or to go to church on a Sunday, or to, ah, I have to read my Bible again. But it actually means to choose God. There's a deeper commitment behind it that means we follow him even when it's hard and even when we don't want to. It is that deep commitment. It's not just accepting Jesus into your heart, but accepting his invitation to follow him where he has been calling you, to be part of what he is doing in this world and the, the ways he can see how you're part of that. And so you've been gifted to be part of what God has invited you to do in what he's doing in this world. So his great kingdoms being ushered into that into his world to fix it and to renew it and to restore it and you all get to be part of that. So it's not just about you or you. It's about all of this whole world, this whole creation, being restored and renewed. And that that's kind of where this question comes in: of um, is it wrong to pursue my desires, like my stuff? And another thing that I hope this would do is that. If this principle is being followed of loving God and loving others there's a lot of ways in which you know things that we want to accomplish or do in this world falls in line with that principle and we can still do it but there's other times when there's a lot of things that we do want to desire or do but it's wrong or it isn't good or we shouldn't do it or maybe it's iffy maybe you know we need to actually be walking with God and trusting him and maybe he's calling us out of something that we need to sacrifice that isn't good. Um, But just to be clear, you're not suddenly going to be able to just get rid of all these things that that you shouldn't be doing. Um, It is part of growing with God as he identifies identifies places in your heart that you have not yet submitted to him. And that could look like a lot of different ways, and that's why I'm not just listing things like this is a good desire, this is a bad desire. I'm not going to do that. Um, But it will happen. God will, as you grow and, and learn more about God and grow in your relationship with him, there will be things that he's going to ask you to give up to follow him. It'll reveal the different priorities that are in your life and the things that you want to follow instead of God or the things that you've placed in God's place in your life and not him. Jesus tells us also to count the cost as we follow him. And so kind of to kind of go along with that, we're going to be turning to Luke chapter 14, verse 24 to 35. So if you have your Bibles, open on up there, please. So Luke chapter 14, verse 25, actually, sorry, to 35. I think, yeah, it's right on there, but it's not right in my notes. So Um, so I'm just going to read. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If any... If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to wage war against another king. will he first sit down and consider where he's, whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who have, do not give up everything you, you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And so Jesus uses very strong language to communicate that when you commit to God, it is your whole life, not just parts of it. It is all of you. And when he says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own self, it's not a call for you to hate your parents or, or to hate your family, but it is a call to see the ways that, that you're, how you're devoted to God and um, the lens to which you would go. You're still called to love God and love others first, and that goes into how you are with your parents and how you are with your family. But it does mean God is wanting your allegiance first before anything else. And then he also says to pick up your cross. The cross that Jesus carried was all of our sins. And he carried it to death. <coughs> and he's calling us all to pick up a cross. Something that, that is difficult, that isn't easy. The, the Christian life isn't necessarily one that is always easy or it doesn't promise you to suddenly everything go right. There will still be hardship and difficulty. But it is worth it. Jesus is providing us with a life that is is full and is true and then the the hope and the promise of an eternal life where everything is, again, renewed and made right. But it kind of comes down to that. It's being committed to God, saying no to yourself and yes to God because you learn that we are part of something so much greater than ourselves, than just what we want or that we desire, that we're actually part of this great kingdom that God is ushering in that is to renew and restore this whole world, to renew and restore people, the hurts and the brokenness that they've gone through. And we're called to participate in that. And that's where it kind of comes in. That's where it clashes with, you know, where it can clash with our desires or our hopes and our dreams. And that's where we might be called to sacrifice things in our life, um, to follow God for that purpose, for that mission. And so it's not just about us. It's about everything that God is doing in this world. And it it requires and it grows in us two very important characteristics that I don't think are always talked about that often, or maybe they are, but it's humbleness and meekness, not weakness, but meekness. Um, And what do you all think it means to be humble? Can I get some guesses? Eduardo? Uh, To not, not, uh, for example... Bragg. Yeah, basically not to brag o- over your victory. Oh, yeah, sure. Not brag over your victory. Anything else? Okay, yeah, putting others before
1: yourself. To know exactly what you're doing wrong and to see if you can fix
0: it. Yeah, to know what you're doing wrong and see if you can fix it. Anything else? So actually, um, I thought I would Google it today, and I was kind of surprised at some of the answers I got. But... Among the top kind of definitions was feeling insignificant or inferior, um, lower in dignity, um, and if any of that has ever like been thoughts that you've thought as humble, I don't want you to think that. That's that's a lie. That's not what humbleness means. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's definitely not um, it's being inferior or insignificant. Humbleness is kind of like a forgetfulness of yourself. It means you're not always trying to assert yourself. So in the world, when everything is just focusing so much about ourselves and what our self can do, the Bible reminds us that ourselves, like our self is actually sinful and that it's unable to really do much or to save ourselves. And that's why we turn to God. Um, C.S. Lewis can I add this. This is a nice little phrase. You might have heard it before, um, but he says humbleness is this. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so it's just not, you're just not aware about yourself as much in, in trying to assert your own desires or trying to assert your own way, um, especially in relationships with people. Um, what about, what does it mean to be meek, meekness? Any, any ideas about that? No. Nope. <coughs> meekness with an M-E-E-K. Meek, not weak. Um, yeah, that's one I don't think we, we talk about much. But Jesus was meek. And when I found it on Google, I found easily imposed upon, submissive, quiet, and gentle. <coughs> Do you think, you guys think that sounds like a good representation of meek? Of anything you've heard about meek? No? Um, Jesus was meek, and, um, and yet he was pretty you know, blunt with people. He just told them straight up the truth, even when it did hurt. Or he wasn't easily imposed upon, um, and he, Jesus definitely wasn't submissive. Um, it's not this peace-at-any-cost idea. It doesn't mean that you would, won't just stand for anything and just fall for everything. Meekness is actually this true view of yourself, that you know who you are. You kind of know... Your weaknesses and you maybe know the ways that god has gifted you to, to as a strength and that expressing itself to others it's almost this this way of of if you um like have been given mu- if you have nothing and you've been given everything that gratitude then kind of flows into the rest of your life and into others you're just thankful that you have something now that's kind of meekness you're not always looking To assert yourself and that's meekness and humbleness both push towards that it's pushing our focus away from ourselves about constantly thinking about ourselves constantly thinking about what others think about ourselves constantly even maybe on the other side of thinking down upon ourselves or thinking badly about ourselves or or telling us stuff like oh no i can't do that or i'm not good enough for this um it is actually just moving away from thinking about ourselves too much and it puts pushes us towards loving God and loving others. And so this puts all of our desires into perspective as we kind of don't think so much anymore about ourselves, but we actually think about the ways of, hey, how can I love God best today? In my interactions with, with one another, like how am I going to treat all of you today? That can be a reflection of how I love God today. Or how am I going to treat my friends here? Or, how am I going to treat um, my parents today? All of that is a reflection of the ways that I love God and love others. Or, how am I going to treat the stranger on the bus? Or, all of those are reflections on how we treat, uh, how we love God and love others. And, you know, we think about how those desires then. Align with what God is doing in this world. That's kind of like a test that you can use if you want is how is my desires? Aligned with what God is doing in this world And you maybe maybe they go go together. Maybe, you know, you you want to help people as a as a doctor or as a nurse or um, You want to be a missionary or, or something? Maybe they go together really well, but maybe they don't And maybe that's a good place to start in looking about things, but they it can also be small it doesn't have to be big purpose things. I know this summer for me, um, you, know, you, know, you all know how it feels. You kind of have this week of work and then you go home after camp and you have Saturday off and then you just want to rest and then you have to come back sat- Sunday. So <coughs> I was always like, Friday, I'm looking forward to my weekend. I'm looking forward to what I get to do on Saturday. And my rest, I was like, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to watch Netflix. And I watch all those YouTube videos I've been meaning to watch. And that's how I'm going to rest. I'm going to watch those two things. And um, it wasn't restful. (laughs) You know, I would come back on Sunday and I would still be tired. And um, I had this feeling that God was trying to teach me how to actually rest and rest in Him over the summer. um, And actually take those Saturdays as a rest day. Um, But I wanted to watch Netflix and watch my YouTube videos. And I had that feeling every weekend. To to give that up and to actually take God up on his word, to take Jesus up on his word where he says, come to me, you are heavy burdened, heavy burdened, uh, heavy laden burdened, and I will give you rest. And, you know, I should, should have, I should continue to take God up on that promise that he has given and give up this desire that I have that say, I, I know what's best. I know how to rest this weekend, movies and random YouTube videos. Um, and that doesn't work and it hasn't worked and yet I keep trying to do that But if I actually like maybe stopped and took God up on his word and what he's promised to me and said to me That weekend could be a lot more restful And that it has changed a little bit throughout the summer as i've grown to to give that up on my weekend Not to hold so tightly to it as something that like no, that's mine. That's how i'm going to do it I've learned to slowly start to let that go and give it, give it over to God as, as a rest, um, to rest in Him, to actually go to my Bible instead, to pray about it, to be like, God, I'm tired. I don't really feel like reading right now. I don't feel like reading Your Word. Help me in that. Help me to actually desire this. Help me to see the ways that I'm going to rest. And without fail, you know, it might be slow for a while, but then I find true rest in that. And I don't know if, if any of you have had any inklings like that or if there's anything that that's in your life been like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should give this away. I shouldn't hold so tightly on this desire of mine or on this thing that I, I, I think is best for me. Maybe I should let that go. Maybe I should just give it over and actually see maybe how God can work into this situation and into this life, into this time. And I had to be humble. I had to recognize that man, this, this isn't good. This is a, a prideful spot for me of wanting to w- watch this stuff, Netflix and YouTube and whatever. And I had to give it up and say, no, I actually don't know. I don't know what's best and I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to rest. So please teach me, God. And so basically finding out exactly what desires or dreams or pursuits you have in your life happens as you walk with God. It'll start to change things, but it begins. It definitely begins with you being committed to God, having responded to Him, and with like humbly and with meekness pursuing God. To continually want to learn and continually want to say like, "Be hey, what is the next place in my life that you want me to give over to you, um, so that I can find true rest or that I can find you know true acceptance or." or kind of these things that we've been talking about this summer. What, what do you need me to give up, God? And it happens in that relationship with him as you go forward and you walk with him. And, you know, you need to recognize that he will ask you to give certain things up, and, and there will be things that will be harder to give up. Maybe it'll take a week or two or a month or maybe longer to give those things up. But that is how he becomes the Lord of your heart. That is how he becomes your Lord. That is how we submit to him fully and actually give our whole lives over to him. It is that walk with him that we grow. And as he asks us to give things up, we obey and we start giving these things up. And it results in, in like the true rest, not in something that's cheap and that doesn't last. Um, so I'm just going to pray and then we're just going to watch a short video. Dear God, um, thank you just so much for this time thank you for what we've been able to, to learn over the summer and, and what you've been teaching all of us in our devos and, and conversations and um, in chapels and in all of this and I just pray that as we go from here that your Holy Spirit will be with each and every one of us that you will continue to teach us and show us who you are and reveal the ways that we can grow in love and surrender towards you um, as you become Lord of our life and as we, become, as we participate in what you're doing in this world. And I pray this all in your name. Amen.